Hi, and welcome to Security Explained. I'm Chris Grayson. I'm Drew Porter. And I'm Logan Lamb. We're coming to you every two weeks with tips and tricks on how to protect yourself and your loved ones out there on the internet and in real life. It's only been two weeks since we last spoke about security in the news, but security has been in the news even more since. Today, we're going to touch on the Twitch hack, the massive Facebook outage, a second release of data from the Epic hack, and the initial release of the Pandora Papers. Join us for our second episode of Security in the News. All right, so this is the second week in a row now that we're going to be talking about security in the news. And we had we had kind of left the last episode thinking that like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the next one we should, we should do some more of this. But in, in the time since, there's been a bunch of other interesting stuff that has happened in the security world that has made it to the news. Um, so we're going to talk about a few of those here. And I think the, the one that has, you know, raised a lot, I don't know. You know, I with the stuff that we're going to be talking about, all these things are pretty pretty impactful. So I don't even know how to how to weigh which one is is kind of raising more eyebrows. But the first one that we have here on the list is the Twitch hack, which seems to have been pretty significant. Do either of y'all want to run us through what uh, what what we know so far? Uh, as far as I know, it sounds like they lost all of their data. Just all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's about as bad as it gets. Twitch is like, oh, this isn't, uh, you know, yeah, this is bad, but it's not so bad. It's worse for the streamers. And I'm just like thinking to myself, no, no, no. I think it's worse for you, actually. But what do I know? Uh, we got 126 gigabytes, 125 gigabytes worth of data from Twitch. Some uh, intercompany communication stuff. The one thing everyone's talking about is like how much these streamers get paid on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you see like, you know, all these people that are like, oh, my gosh, I should change what I do and become a Twitch streamer. And it's like, uh, I mean, these are the top 100 percent of people. Or they can go into the NBA or the NFL, something like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's similarly easy. Yeah. <laughs> Even in, you know, the security world or the IT world, right, if we were to look at the pay for the top 100 people uh, that earn the most in the security world or something like that, you would see, yeah, hey, salaries for some of these folks, the benefits for some of these folks, the golden parachute for some of these folks are ridiculous. Some might say redonkulous. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that. And forever, like, I, no. I, I regret saying that. So much. I regret you saying that too. <laughs> we're gonna keep it in, though. Yep. Yeah, I and we're gonna turn to. that into we're gonna turn that into a soundboard. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> the but audience the, doesn't hear about our no. soundboard. So, no. but we we do have one, and it is well, we're we're making one, and I will say a lot of the stuff that gets dropped on the cutting room floor, it's gold falls really well into a soundboard but the, you know, <laughs> the, the twitch the twitch hack this came right on the heels of the facebook outage uh this was happening at the same time as all of like the facebook whistleblower testimony so it kind of just got like lost in the ether a little bit with it with a lot of folks but yeah this seems fairly significant i mean i was initially pointed to a tweet coming from twitch saying like yes there's been a breach and we're investigating it internally please stand by and it sounds to me like they're 
current public statement is that it was like a server misconfiguration or something. Yeah, that's what they say. Um, you know, companies always try to kind of cover their mistakes. So that's what Twitch says. Um, you know, maybe we'll give them benefit of the doubt sometimes. But uh, the more I think about it, the more I become less of a believer of it. But that's their official statement, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, we'll say that is what happened. Um, I mean, one of the things I'm most excited to see is there's proprietary, proprietary um, SDKs and other like AWS um, tools that were released in this leak. So that's pretty cool from a security perspective and a development perspective on AWS. Um, I'm excited to see that type of stuff. Specifically, are you talking about the red teaming tools or something else? No, 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 no. This is like on their development side. So they have some internal red teaming tools. Um, and I'm sure some of those are going to be unique and I'm sure some of those are just going to be very small modifications of, you know, open source tools. So, but it's uh, on the development side, I'm more interested on what special tools they have for AWS, right? Because they're an Amazon-owned company. So what, what, oh, uh, what's point. the secret sauce, huh. right? What's, huh. what's the secret sauce that they're using on AWS? How can we implement some of these items if they benefit customers and stuff like that is, is how I'm thinking about uh, it. I want the AWS Konami code. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so my... My experience, and if I if I had to, and this is all speculation right now, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but having worked at a company before that was given early access to some AWS services, um, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting the way that AWS operates because they will effectively have a few different service offerings that directly compete with one another. And from my understanding, they kind of have the teams that are working on those different service services effectively competing with one another. And then the winner is the one they put a lot more weight behind. Um, so I, I remember dealing with at least two different, two different platform services related to um, online gaming through AWS. And I was like, this is super confusing because these, these two, these two service offerings seem like they do roughly the same thing uh, just in different ways. I'm willing to bet that whatever proprietary stuff they have access to, I mean, AWS, their whole mantra is we build things and use it internally. And then like when we build them, we also say like everything that we're building should be able to be sold as as a service as well. That's why like EC2 came up so quickly. That's why S3 came up so quickly. Like that is their whole mantra is we don't just build services to support our own web services. Anytime that we build them, we make it so that that can then be turned around and sold as well. I'd be interested to see, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's not as if I guess. I mean, it is a it is a massive live streaming video CDN sort of problem. What was the competing service? Do you remember? Because I am not aware. I don't recall. Uh, and it, it it wasn't like it wasn't like a Twitch competitor. It was a hey, if you're going to do online competitive gaming, this is the API that you should integrate with, and then you'll be on our backbone and stuff like that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and there were like multiple services that kind of provided that same same functionality. Sounds very Apple-esque if we believe the Hollywood narrative of Apple where they have like the two teams, right? I don't know if that actually happened in real life, but in the in the movie of 
of um what's his face turtleneck guy steve jobs there we go steve jobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're tech people <laughs> yeah but well, steve yeah. jobs is not a tech person so here i am with my macbook and my iphone android person not anymore uh no Steve Jobs was 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 not the tech guy. That was Wozniak. that was Wozniak. Was yeah. yeah. See, that's I, I know his name right off the bat. But you know, in, in the movie, they had like two teams that were competing, right? Like the Lisa team and then the Apple like Macintosh team. And it was like, well, whoever wins is going to be the ones. And uh, well, we don't have a Lisa three, so I guess we know who won. <laughs> so it sounds like it sounds like from your experience, if that if we were to take that movie seriously. Uh, that's kind of what Apple is doing. I mean, <laughs> Amazon is doing. Uh, I mean, it, it, ma- it like makes Chris. sense. It makes sense. The 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 whole business strategy there is they're effectively just an octopus. Like they have so much revenue and so much capital that it's like, well, we'll try everything, and then anything that sticks, we'll put more money into. Um, yep. The premise that this happened due to a server misconfiguration, and like it's not strong, like it. It's not that it's not possible right? Like anything is possible. And also you could make a lot of different arguments about what all a server misconfiguration can be like, Oh yeah, we just put all of our data on the server. It's a misconfigured server. That's technically true. Um, so it's, it's kind of a broad bucket of problems that you can say like, this is where, where, where it came from. Um, but I'm kind of looking at this list of things that have made it out into the public. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. Uh, but this is at least what what we know about. So you have a bunch of details regarding pay for the creators on the platform. You have the source code for the Twitch.tv platform, and apparently this includes like all of the Git commit logs and stuff, like going back years um, from the beginning. From the from the oh, beginning, wow. which is yeah. like, man, I I'll I'd tell love you to what. See that. If I knew that my Git commit histories were going to be made public, I'd probably make really different messages. <laughs> <laughs> Your like, messages are pretty good. The ones that land in master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's the source code for twitch.tv. And there's also the source code for the other um, Twitch clients. So whether that's on like a television or whether that's on an iPhone or whether that's on your laptop, uh, all the source code behind those. Then the code related to what what Drew was talking about of like proprietary SDKs and AWS integrations, um, and apparently there is an unreleased Steam competitor, and that like this is that's big news. I, I don't I don't follow Twitch that closely. Um, I love watching people play video games, but it's just not a platform that I that I use very much. So I don't know if that was like really well known or anything to that effect but to know that amazon is kind of like throwing its weight behind something they're trying to get in competition with steam the video game distribution platform that seems pretty impactful to me and then also like twitch's internal security tools right so you have like Mm -hmm. source code for a bunch of different things you have sensitive data about creators you have um security tooling and what sort of server misconfiguration is going to give you that you know, like that, that sounds to me more like, I don't know, maybe, insider. maybe an engineer's laptop. That insider is very interesting because that could align yeah. with some other things we've seen in the news recently. Mm. I mean, that's when I was reading about this and I haven't like looked into this super deeply, mostly because I also don't follow like Twitch, right? I don't use the service. 
Um, the only time I see videos on Twitch is when I see something on like live stream fails, um, which is <laughs> not something of Twitch. It's like on Reddit. Uh, so with that, it is interesting to think about like, oh, server misconfiguration and then a third party, as it was first said, and then Twitch quickly realigned and they're like oh we can't get insurance money if we say that malicious attacker uh (laughs) i don't know i'm just i'm just guessing on that one so take that as a joke don't sue me twitch and uh, (laughs) uh but when i'm like okay server misconfiguration happened and then all this information was leaked and posted online fairly quickly after the server misconfiguration I'm sure there are people just troving against Twitch and like looking for something always continuously, but it, I wouldn't throw it out of the realm of possible. Like insider attack is kind of what I think. Um, Maybe I'm just more jaded and I just think like, oh, this is, we have so many things that line up. This is too coincidental. And maybe it is just, it all was a perfect, you know, the stars aligned for that malicious third party as twitch says and they got all the information um or it could be insider attack you know i'm sure there's some investigation going on either way for whoever made that server configuration all i can tell you is if it was an honest mistake damn i do not want to be that guy (laughs) (laughs) or girl (laughs) don't want to be them like (laughs) it would be a they're having a rough week They're, they're having a rough few weeks and uh if they still have a job yeah, that's this is a tough one. It, it, it's a tough one because I don't, I don't think it's particularly. It, it, it's a very common practice within the world of infosec to be like, oh man, it's APT or like it. it no, we we kind of <laughs> we bias towards blowing stuff up and be like, it's some crazy hack and they're endemically compromised and all that. And it's like, well, it might actually just be that somebody downloaded like a flash update. That was actually malware and it was on a single person's laptop and something to that effect. Like it just, just judging from, I mean, the the way that I'm looking at it is what did they have access to? What is the business function that would justifiably have access to that data? Is it somebody that got compromised that fulfilled that business function? And if we're talking about a bunch of source code, then it has to like, of all the things that generally get kept locked down, there's no reason, and 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 you also pay for license seats for like tools like GitHub or GitLab or anything like that. You don't just give people that don't need access to source code access to source code. There's there's no business need to do it. So it's not even this. Not even talking about from a security standpoint, but just from a like it doesn't make sense to provide your support team or your operations people or literally anybody that is not contributing to code. It just, it, there's not a business purpose to do it, so it usually doesn't happen. Um, so just whoever had the fact, the fact that the code was leaked and the fact that, okay, the fact that it has a Git commit history as well means that it was the actual Git repos that got leaked. It's not just like, oh yeah, the software that was deployed on a server, somebody copied that from the server and then pulled it off. It's like, no, 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 this is, this is with all of the Git history. So that, that to me, uh, it, Either it's either the company gets endemically compromised and just everything goes out the front door, or somebody that has this sort of access got compromised, um, which would point to engineers. 
Yep. Hashtag I hunt sys admin. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, that is an effective target to go after. Hey, just say That'll work. Let's say it is a misconfiguration, right? It leads perfectly yeah. into our next story, which Ooh. was a misconfiguration. Are you sure it wasn't a hack? Um, could be APT. <laughs> it's always APT. Could be a fat finger. 30-second side story. I had a client one time get compromised, and um, they're like, oh, it was APT. And, you know, uh, we recommended a, a uh, investigation company go work with them. and But they also wanted us to work as like a backstop and help them through the, you know, political mumbo jumbo because this is a, it was a new executive team that was coming in. And so we were, and they're like, yeah, APT, right? Like totally China hacked us. And I was like, uh, no, no, this is just software that wasn't patched for four years. Don't know what to tell you. <laughs> sounds like, not like APT to me. Yep. Sounds like APT. I was just like, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. No. Uh, but you say what you want to say. Uh, I, you just don't have the data to support it. And a lot of times, a lot of companies, they're like, we were hacked by APT. And it was just like, mm, no, you got hacked by some random scanner because you had software that was just outdated. <laughs> it's like literally the opposite of APT. It's, yeah. it, it's it is, commodity it is the, hacking. Like, <laughs> see, so if APT is advanced persistent threat, this is unadvanced intermittent Low risk. Yeah, uh, we, we got. We should come up with. Uh, we should come we up should, with okay, that. So first like off, the anti APT yeah, acronym. Yep, yep, yep. I also really want. I also want like a sticker now that says <laughs> it's always APT or something. Something to the oh. effect. Oh, uh, I I have something like that for you, Chris. Oh, wonderful! Uh, I will. I will send it your way. Wonderful. Ooh. I like it. So this one was not actually a hack, and that's that's one of the reasons that we wanted to bring it up here because you know. Anytime that you have a major service provider go offline, the immediate thing is like, oh no, were they hacked? And so Facebook and all of Facebook's properties were down for a number of hours. I think it was this past Monday. Um, and so everybody's thinking, oh my gosh, did they get hacked? What happened? And no, they did not. And the the fact that all of their all of their uh, platforms are offline, so Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, Facebook, all of them fully out. And so this was actually a misconfiguration. Facebook owns so much infrastructure, or basically is transferring so much data uh, that they're in their business model. It makes sense for them to own and operate their own data centers, and also own and operate their own autonomous systems, which is just like a major component of the backbone of the internet. And apparently somebody pushed a bad bad configuration to uh, their BGP servers. And BGP is a protocol uh, where if you, if you operate an autonomous system, which is effectively just like a chunk of the internet, and you want other people to be able to route traffic to you, you need to be speaking BGP, which is the border gateway protocol, to other autonomous systems to say like, hey, if you need to route traffic to these IP addresses, you should send them to me because I can do that. And so Facebook internally pushes a bad configuration where their BGP announcements go down. And once you stop speaking BGP, I mean, Logan, you're you're much closer to this problem than I am uh, these days, but maybe you can let let folks know like what what happens when you stop speaking bgp as a network provider 
Well, I mean, it's really pretty simple. Once you stop speaking BGP, you're just no longer on the internet, effectively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in the most true and real sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they effectively took themselves off the internet. Uh, what are you going to say, Joe? Yeah. Uh, so if uh, another example of this happening is when dictators want to cut communication because they're to start killing a whole bunch of citizens they'll like cut off access to the internet by just configure reconfiguring bgp rules right and yep. uh like you can see it's crazy you can see like this country like just made a, a change and and some bgp uh stuff and then minutes later it's like oh and look at this military queue is happening and they're gone uh, yeah yeah and yeah, it's it, it, it's crazy. So if if you want to see like, you know, this isn't a unheard thing or it's just, you know, people, there are some people who are just learning about how powerful BGP is and, um, you know, they're, they're freaking out about it. And I was just like, no, th- this has happened before. Now that this is not what was happening with Facebook, right? And, and I do not believe this particular one was an insider attack. Uh, I'm all for being proved wrong, but. I think this was, you know, a legitimate misconfiguration that was made or or something, you know, a, a number was off. And then it took down a lot of stuff. And I believe it also caused the inaccurate, um, the ability or lack the ability of uh, allowing authorized individuals actually to get into some into of these the data centers, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so this was this was like a a perfect storm of problems from 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 what I have heard and what I have read. Basically, so the misconfiguration goes out, and Facebook's whole internet backbone that it has built is effectively disconnected from the internet. Okay, so that's not great. <laughs> that's that's probably oh, not what you great. want uh, if if you're operating uh, the Facebook business. But it gets worse. So Facebook also operates its own authoritative DNS servers, which is to say that, you know, when you open a browser and you go to www.facebook.com, your computer needs to figure out, hey, what other computer do I need to connect to to get information uh, from facebook.com to get the website that I'm trying to render and DNS uh, or the, is it domain name system or domain name service? Service. Service. So the domain name service is the underlying protocol that will translate www.facebook.com to an IP address. And then your, your, cause basically your computer can't understand where facebook.com is. It knows how to rate route traffic based on IP addresses. So DNS is the system upon which we translate human readable names like facebook.com and google.com to machine routable addresses like 8.8.8.8 or, or something to that effect. So Facebook's authoritative DNS servers, rightfully so, reside in Facebook data centers. So they disconnected the Facebook network from the internet which also made it so that you couldn't talk to the DNS servers, which is to say, if I typed www.facebook.com, my computer would not be able to talk to the server that will tell it like, oh yeah, if you want to go to facebook.com, go to that IP address over there. And so, yeah, BGP misconfiguration disconnects from the internet. 
the authoritative DNS servers are within the data centers that are now disconnected. Um, and then it gets even worse because now all of the internal tooling that relies upon uh, the Facebook-owned DNS no longer works because the DNS servers aren't available. And because everybody's working from home, the right people are not in the data centers. And what a nightmare. <laughs> I know. And then, and then, so like when you go to a data center, what do you have? Unless you're Drew, usually you have to like badge in. Drew just finds other ways to get in. But usually you have to take a badge and like swipe it at the door. And then the door opens, assuming that you're the right person and then you're supposed to have access, whatever. Well, where do you think that system gets its data from? The internet? Facebook server? <laughs> <laughs> Facebook servers. So uh, it's like, yeah, the access control systems aren't functioning properly because the DNS servers are down and the DNS servers being down makes it harder to like bring the uh, network back online. And, and worst of all, we can't even get technicians into the data center buildings because the access control systems won't let them. Um, and people, everybody's working from home. So now this is a distributed problem, which like also... I think Messenger is the main platform that is used internally for corporate communications. So they even took down their own internal corporate messaging platform. Um, So it was an absolute perfect storm of problems. And I want to say that they were down for like six or seven hours. Um, A long time. A long time. Like this is the worst outage in over a decade for them. And I want to make a correction. I was confidently incorrect. Uh, Domain name system. Is DNS. Hey, there we go. So sorry for every, I'm sure we have listeners that are like, Drew's an idiot, which is true, yep. but I, uh, <laughs> but, not but. for this reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, domain name system for all our listeners, not domain name uh, service. Sorry. And I think no. I actually just, I, I just gave a keynote where I was, where I had DNS spelled out and I think I put service in there this is why you just say the acronyms and you keep going this is uh you never explain it but yeah this is it is a perfect storm um (laughs) again glad i'm not that person right (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and think about it like oh let's okay i'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat here right this was an insider misconfiguration to make Facebook have a reason for people to stop working from home. You must come in the office because we can't have another issue like this. Oh, yeah. Drew's such a good conspiracy theorist. Why is that? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) why is that? (laughs) I was going to say something. Uh, I'm not going to say it anymore. But uh, there is a job to make up conspiracy theories at the government. I'm just saying, look up PSYOPs. Uh, it's a real job. <laughs> they want political science and psychology majors. Psychology? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for that job. Yeah. Great. Doesn't pay well. But yeah, so I, just, I don't know. I just, I, you always got to put on the tinfoil hat every once in a while, right? No, it's just, Drew, it's just I don't know. Do you ever take it off though? Do I ever take it off? <laughs> so, so, you know, in reality... Uh, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I just don't believe. I just, you know, only, I only believe in things that aren't public knowledge yet. Mm. <laughs> mm. Like Area 51. Oh, Area 51. Were you on that? Were you on that limo, Chris? I was not. There? No, oh. no, I missed out on that. <laughs> you Damn took it. a limo yeah. to the Area 51? That yeah, sounded man. like such a good time. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, d- uh, David was there, um, yeah. and uh, and his and his and his wife uh, Liz. So, yeah, that was uh, that. W- it was a blast. We were doing some fun stuff, but uh, outside of that, um, yeah, it's it, you know, outside now. Taking off my tinfoil. There, I'm taking it off for you, Chris. Right now, All right? Um, you know that this. It's not like this happens. Like, I'm sure it happens in some other organizations, but for it to happen at Facebook is absurd. And it's kind of funny, right? Now, my question is, how much money did Facebook lose because of that outage? Oh, I I, I think I I read multiple billions. (laughs) That's so crazy for six hours. Taking the... I think that was including like the the impact of the market value of the company as well. That, that this could also be complete hearsay. Let me see if I can find something about it real quick. I will never do anything in my life where six hours will result in multiple billions of dollars of my net worth loss. I will never do anything in my life to gain multiple billions of dollars of net worth. <laughs> okay, so I should I should let's see. Ba 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 ba. So the actual amount lost during the outage in terms of like revenue and things of that nature uh was 65 million back of the envelope estimate really and this is coming from forbes that's that's however a ton of money facebook stock slid 4.8 percent in trading that day zuckerberg's fortune declined by 5.9 billion dollars oh no poor zuck jesus yeah poor guy he had to switch to red table wine instead of the fancy French stuff <laughs> for all of five seconds. <laughs> Took a sip and he's like, oh, wait, I'm rich again. <laughs> well, the, one, one, other, one other thing that might get lost in the context when, when folks listen to this, you know, and it, it's, it's not so fresh in memory, is this is happening at the same time as the Facebook whistleblower testimony. So there's yeah. been a bunch of other conspiracy theory stuff going on about it. Like, ooh, did they take all the services offline so that they could patch? No one some could stuff share or anything oh, like I that. Had not heard that. Share, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't bring those up because I don't believe in them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not just knowing knowing how easy it is to make a misconfiguration error. Um, yeah, just by Occam's razor, like it's. <laughs> This is the explanation for it makes sense. The technical analyses that have been done by other parties, because like, yeah, when you're when you're speaking BGP and DNS and all these other protocols, there's other and, and you're the scale of Facebook. There's tons of other companies that get lots of visibility into the traffic that is going towards your network and, and, and things of that nature. So there's a lot, of, a lot of evidence that bears out that it's like, yep, it does look like that this happened. Um, so I, I don't know how much credence I would I would give any of those conspiracy theories. I really uh, just want to see the actual command that was run or the misconfigured deploy. Ooh, uh, so, yes. Because if we saw that, then we could really, you know, weigh in yeah. in a more informative hey, way. I- IT admin. Uh, we know you don't have a job anymore. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to come on the show, hit yep, us yep, up. We got a speaker slot. <laughs> Let us know. Get in touch. Um, Maybe we'll help you find a job somewhere at MySpace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of 
there was one time that when when I was heading up the student hacking organization at Georgia Tech, I was doing a demonstration on Wi-Fi hacking. So I think it was like web cracking, um, you know, the kind of the easy easy stuff to show. Hot. Oh yeah, the the, the it, it is cool. It is very cool to Were see. You the showing first off time, some reaver. Ah, uh, reaver no. was for WPA. Was this it? This was for web. Oh okay. I thought so. Uh, I think but you're right. Wrong. And, and and this probably was before Reaver when Chris was showing it. Not calling Chris old. We we would never. Yeah, you're do that. you're implying that I'm old, but uh, <laughs> he's an old man. That's uh, fair. <laughs> the the using uh, aircrack, yeah, 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 aircrack NG. Um, and so you know, wanted to make sure that my demo was working right, so ran through everything before my lecture. And sure enough, it worked. And as part of the process of cracking these web uh, wireless networks, you get a PCAP, right? So you get a packet capture of the packets that are flying through the air. And then you use that to crack the network with some other data. So I needed to clear the directory where I had all of my PCAPs. And so I did rm-rf slash as root. No. rip with everybody watching <laughs> and like sharing my screen up to the front and I was like and, and, and so I, I like type in the command I'm like wow that's taking a while and then it's like slash dev slash fd slash zero can't delete in use so I was like why is it trying to oh my god hey, Chris, Chris can you hear this can you hear that yes it's, it's me smashing that? F for you oh man that is great and i thought you know me putting a buffer overflow in my codes live during a presentation was bad but hey at least i didn't delete my whole hard drive (laughs) yeah that was pretty that was pretty rough (laughs) that was that was not great now was that was that on a vm or was that on a bare metal system that you actually use for serious stuff i think that was on um I had like recently installed Ubuntu or no, I recently installed like Backtrack and I think I had the Backtrack install media on a USB drive. And so I just reinstalled real quick and got it working. It did not, I did manage to do things successfully. That's Uh, cool. But God bless you. When you're supposed to be yeah, I'm the hacker guy and you just like delete your hard drive in front of a (laughs) class of students you're trying to teach, it's uh, not, not, it does it inspire confidence so that's beautiful it is a teachable <laughs> moment though yep misconfigurations can happen so so can deleting your hard drive so that that's that, let's let's wrap on facebook because there's the last time that we spoke about this uh there was the epic hack and we were talking about how well there's this data now that is going to be really informative when it comes to kind of tracing out like extremist right-wing movements. And now there is the B sides. I I have to say the data that has been leaked and the way that it has been leaked being called the B sides. I thought that was pretty funny. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Do you? (laughs) The post, the post when it came out, it was like, oh yeah, here's the hack, and it's slash b, oh. slash b sides. Yes. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what slash b 
is, um, it's for 4chan, right? So yep. uh, if you look up 4chan slash B, uh, don't go to it. It, it's, it is the internet. It literally is the internet. Mm-hmm. And when we say the internet, we don't mean the, the happy, good part no. of the internet. We no, we're talking. We're talking nineties. Growing up as a as a teenager in the like late nineties, early two thousands, and the sort of stuff that you got to see on the internet before it was better, before it was moderated, cleaned. <laughs> My God, it, the sort of stuff that we saw as kids. Yeah, it 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 it, it bad. That's it, what B should stand bad. for. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's so yeah. If you ever hear someone say, "I'm from the internet," it's because. They used to surf slash B, mm-hmm. but uh, just for reference on what the, the B sides is and why it's clever, um, because it is anonymous that is calling it this and anonymous was formed um, from the slash B group and 4chan or it did a lot of recruiting from there. Yeah. yeah. And you know what they say? If you have to really explain your joke, it's really funny. That, those are the most funny jokes, actually. <laughs> As any comedian. All right, Logan. All right, Logan, lay it, go. Lay, right. lay it on us. <laughs> Epic hack part two. B-sides. What happened? So, um, uh, I was asking you guys, in the last episode, did I comment on how they structured the torrent? Like, we talked about that, right? You did, yes. and, and how it's like a 30, 37 megabyte torrent. Yeah, and it's like, wow, that's that's kind of weird. Well, when they released the B-sides, uh, they did a really good release here. They uh, actually released some bootable hard drive images, which means that anyone who downloads this torrent can copy some of these files to a hard drive and presumably boot up the systems that were compromised. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty neat. It's not something you see every not day. Not something you see every day. In a, in a compromise. Yeah. And it also begs the question, it's like, yo, why? <laughs> because they can. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 a, classic, that's a classic response. But yeah, it's, just, it's such a novel way. It's such a novel way to release something. So, I'm, uh, I'm looking at some of these files right now. And um, just looking at the file names and the sizes of them, it's pretty spicy. So, we have, for example, uh, these are the smaller ones. It looks like two uh, SQL database dumps for Texas GOP and Texas GOP-dev. So there's that. Mm. Uh, we have two what I assume are hard drive images, Crypto 2, Crypto 3. Uh, another one, Epic Tests, um, a file I'm not sure what it is, a 10 gig file called GOP Files, another one I don't know what it is, and then the largest file comes in at 43 gigabytes GitLab. Oh. Oh, that's their GitLab server. Yes. So, all of their source code. Aichi, wow. It looks like you could actually just copy this to a hard drive, boot it up. And you'd have their GitLab server. Wow. It's not great. BRB. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear me rummaging for hard drives in the background there? It's uh, unrelated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so i mean why, that's, that's why is this why is this a separate leak though like why was this not released at first do we have any more context or information as to as to the motivation behind this um i don't but if i had to guess i bet they 
I bet they compromised some boxes and started a torrent right on the box they compromised to seed the torrent. And that's why it had that weird file structure. And then while that was going, maybe they were um, creating these images and exfiltrating them. That's my guess. Pure speculation. Have we heard anything more? Like, has there been any follow-up responses from Epic? Or are they still just staying quiet? I haven't seen anything. Their first response was, you know, denial, right? We're unaware of any breach. And then the response that I saw after that is, we're looking into possible breach of client data. And that's all I've heard so far. Let me let, let me look up the uh, response from the CEO. Rob Monster, man, that... <laughs> That name still, yeah. like that that name, like it doesn't matter what political affiliation you're with. If your last name is Monster, you probably you don't have good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have changed that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. We're, we're veering off the rails here a bit in terms of being directly related to security, but I have to think as as a businessman you you would if you didn't want that name you'd get rid of it if you thought yeah. it was going to be bad for business you'd change it it's very memorable yeah, yeah. it's very memorable we're talking about it right now <laughs> and it's also the name of one of my favorite movies monsters inc was the answer yeah i should have should have known it that would have been it yeah it's uh you know you can watch the ceo's response online there's some some press releasings on it and stuff like that. It is. I'm looking forward to some of the data coming out of this. Now there is some folks I feel bad about, right? Those are the companies that were affected who had no clue what this like Epic really was. Right. Um, like there, what it was, there was a flower company whose like site was hosted on some of their servers and stuff like that. Um, if they, uh, you know, just the, the 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 bystanders. Now, there are some people who are rightly affected by this. And it looks like it's going to be a, a fairly, fairly good dive for a lot of, for law enforcement. I, I think that's really it. Because I, basically, the takeaway is it's more of the same. There's even more data now. Same file format. It sounds like it might even has a bunch of source code and no real update on behalf of Epic itself. So I, I think this is, again, like we're just seeing the beginning of, of what's going to happen as a result of this data being out there. And it's going to be bigger now, um, given the fact that there's a significantly larger amount of data released at this point. Too. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a thought for you guys. Chris, you were asking, like, why have a second release? Maybe they have a couple staged. Ooh. I, I, well, they already blew the B-Sides reference, so I, it's only downhill from here. <laughs> uh, they'll find a way to meme it, I'm sure. That, I mean, that, that would fit, right? Like, Anonymous tends to... They have staying power. They, they have staying power, and they also... I think have a pretty good understanding of the role that media coverage plays in the effect of what they're doing. Right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, if, we, if we've learned anything in the past few years, it's if you can masterfully control the media, you can get away with a lot of stuff. Um, 
And so the, the fact that we're talking about this again because there was another leak again, um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That, that, that's really interesting. The the notion that there might be staged rollouts. Um, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to keep it fresh in everyone's mind, right? You don't just drop everything. We saw this with the Snowden leaks. We saw this with you know a lot of other things. Um, this might be a good segue. We're also seeing this with the Pandora Papers. The Pandora oh. Papers. Smooth blah, blah, blah. segue. Oh, that was good yeah it's like barry white over here <laughs> yeah the pandora papers uh they are interesting they are uh, man i don't want to like disappoint people they are less interesting than people thought they were going to first be when they were coming out i think um at least they became less interesting to me okay but what what are they well, it is the it's a set of papers or a compromise of of multiple institutions, financial institutions, records on uh, very wealthy and high net worth individuals, uh, as well as companies and and that such, on how they structure their financials. And if that doesn't sound exciting to you, well. Everything else I'm going to say is going to get even more boring, um, <laughs> which is, you know, in the beginning, everyone's like, oh, this is like the, you know, the this other leak. This is like the uh, Panama Papers and they're trying to hide money and they're trying to avoid taxes. And it's like, well, no, not really. That's in a lot of cases. This is not it. This is, you know, famous actor A sets up a. Uh, trust for their child or famous actor has life insurance uh, for with their children as the beneficiary and it shows you how the wealthy will make either corporations or they will go and um, structure uh, particular items in their life to give them more privacy so this is just re- removing that veil and to people who have never seen how these type of things are structured before, this is all new and fresh and exciting. Um, to people who have seen how stuff like this is structured, this is like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this this makes sense. Like, oh yeah, this was a a, a good way of doing this, or oh, well, they could have done it more effectively if they would have done it through this route instead of what they did it. So uh, it is interesting um, to see how. People are structuring things to to gain more privacy. And remember, I mean, I believe privacy is a luxury good in today's world. So it, it's interesting to see how the wealthy try to achieve privacy when it comes to financials. And there are certain things where, you know, people are like, oh, this, this you know, British PM bought this house for $6 million from this company. And because they bought it from the company, they didn't have to pay, you know, certain taxes on it. So they saved three hundred thousand uh, dollars on it, and it's just like, well, yeah, but that's because that's how the property was, you know, uh, already being sold under. It wasn't being sold as a property itself; it was being sold as a company that owned this property. They bought the property, they dissolved the company, and they owned the property. They owned the property before they dissolved the company anyway because they bought the company. So the more you like dive into this and then the more you look into it into other 
nation's tax laws. And a lot of people aren't familiar with like other nation's tax laws. So they might think like, oh, this is some shady thing. But it's like, no, this is just how large business dealings and large personal, you know, purchases are made. It's just something that we don't deal with on the day to day. So it's new and sexy and yeah, yeah, not to, you know, poo poo them. But when I first heard about them, I was all excited. I was like, what's going to be in these things? And then I was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a corporate structure, a life insurance structure. It's like, oh, okay. Well, uh, this is less exciting. Coming back to the idea of staged releases, they haven't yet released their data set. And I think, think they're intending to do that and i'm curious to see what headlines we get from them in the coming months i'm curious to who they got the information from because it is five different financial institutions that were compromised um or five law firms that were compromised that had like all this information so who has that type of access right is this actually a hacker or is this a insider or is this a coordinated effort or is this, you know, some type of whistleblowing type of maneuver or is this a third party that happened to work for all these like institutions, right? Is this an Edward Snowden situation where he was a contractor for Booz Allen and uh, he had access to all this information type of thing? That's what I'm super curious about. Now, with me kind of like, you know, uh, just saying it's not as interesting as as one would think, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't look into them. Definitely look into them because if you're not used to this world, it is super interesting to learn about this world. Um, and maybe it's something that you'll have to do later in life where you're like, oh, I want to have a little bit of privacy. You know, I don't want someone knowing that I am buying a house so that they charge, you know, $700,000 extra on top of it. So this is how you set it up. Um, It's not a problem I currently run into, but, (laughs) you know, there are famous people that do run into that problem where it's just like, oh, they want to buy a ranch out in the middle of nowhere for some privacy. I was like, oh, who's buying the ranch? Oh, Mark Zuckerberg's buying the ranch? Well, this, you know, ranch that was going for $300,000 all of a sudden cost $5 million, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my opinion on the subject matter. Anyone else? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I need to do more reading on it to really pass judgment. Um, But I think I am going to be one of those people who digs into the data set when it's eventually released, if it's released. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, journalists have been having this for over a year, right? And now it's just coming out in a phased approach to get clicks and reads. And, you know, the, I get it. They're trying to make money off of it instead of just being like, yo, here's the data. Let's go through it. Oh, here's uh, another thought. I keep thinking about the staged release. Um, I, I think we're going to see some, we're already seeing a bunch of leaks uh, right now. And we're not really in a hot, part of any election cycle. So yep. we might see some crazy mm. stuff next year. We're leading up to well, the presidential election. And that's what we were talking about last episode as well, oh, right? Yeah. Is like don't don't use your weapons. If I was, you know, dry powder uh, someone who who runs a think tank, I'd be like, hey, I got all this juicy stuff. It would be great if you could fund our think tank 
And then we can give you this more juicy stuff at election time and be like, oh, yeah, hey, that's a great idea. And, you know, politicians. And then all of a sudden we're going to have news stories that get dumped at us at the very end. An October surprise or whatever, right? So, which turns into like a July surprise or like October of next year surprise um, because election cycles seem to be increasing in their length of time here in America anyway. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Logan, that they will be using this as a weapon um, or they should be if they're, if they're, you know, unfortunately, if they're on, if they're political savvy, they, they will, because that is the unfortunate nature of our politics political system right now the three takeaways for today's show are one the twitch hack disclosed a significant amount of internal data and the company purports the problem came from a misconfiguration two facebook's outage was not due to any security problems but rather stemmed from a network misconfiguration and three a second round of epic hack data and the first release of the pandora papers portend interesting research results coming out in the near future In the world of technology, folks tend to suspect a breach when something as benign as a misconfiguration takes down the likes of Facebook. In the case of Twitch, though, we can see that a breach can come as a result of a misconfiguration, too. There's always something interesting going on in the world of security, and these past two weeks were no exception. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Security Explained. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for new topics that our audience finds interesting, and you might be able to pick our next show. Feel free to reach out via social media or give us a rating on your listening platform to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on the web at securityexplained.fm or on Twitter at secexplained. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.